I hope you enjoyed the singing tonight. And, uh, but I want us to take a few moments, and I've brought uh, two books into the pulpit. We do this on occasion, and uh, we will never elevate any book uh, above the Bible. And uh, yet today is the 4th of July, and so I'd just like to read you a couple of excerpts from the Declaration of Independence. May I do that? Uh, that is the document why we have a 4th of July. And, you know, I wish we had the time in our teen meetings. I try to take a little bit of time every time our teens get together and teach them a little bit about American history. Because most people living on this in this country today know absolutely nothing or very very little of the turmoil, of the struggle, uh, of the price that was paid. Uh, I was uh, reading a, a book, nearly 1% of the population of the United States was fighting in the Revolutionary War. Now, stop and imagine that today we have a country of roughly 280 million people. Is anybody good at math? I mean, you do the math there, uh, that's something like 2.8 million, something like that. That kind of conflict is almost unknown in the history of this country with the exception of the Civil War. And that's because both sides were Americans. And so uh, I just want to start reading a, a couple of paragraphs here. And I'm not going to read the entire Declaration of Independence. Um, but uh, let me just start here. When in the course of human events it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal situation to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them. A decent respect for the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed, that whatsoever, that whenever any form of government becomes destructive to the ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it and to institute a new governor, government laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them that shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. Prudence, indeed, will dictate the governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes 
and accordingly all experience has shown that mankind are more disposed to suffer while evils are sufferable than to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed. But when a long train of abuses and usurpations pursuing invariably the same object evinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism, it is their right, it is their duty to throw off such government and to provide new guards for their future security. Now I want to just skip down toward the end of the document here. We, therefore, the representatives of the United States of America, which, by the way, did not exist until this document was approved, in general Congress assembled, appealing to the supreme judge of the world for the rectitude of our intentions, do in the name and by the authority of the good people of these colonies, solemnly publish and declare that these united colonies are, and of good right, ought to be free and independent states, that they are absolved from all allegiance to the British crown, and that all political connection between them and the states of Great Britain is and ought to be totally dissolved, and that as free and independent states, they have full power to levy war, conclude peace, contract alliances, establish commerce, and to do all other acts and things which independent states may of right do. And for the support of this declaration, with firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor, signed by order and in behalf of the Congress. And it goes on to give the signatures. I dare say that most political science majors in postgraduate work would have a very difficult time understanding the paragraphs we just read. And um, the ideal here is behind all of this that there is something out there bigger than the government. Uh, that the government is not the dispenser of freedom. There was a man who made that mistake. His name was uh, Mikhail Gorbachev. He thought the government could give freedom. He found out once the people tasted of it, they didn't want him around anymore. And he left. Uh, good riddance, amen? Uh, this whole idea that there is someone bigger than ourselves. There is an authority that was addressed several times here. It says, we depend upon divine providence. That's talking about God, by the way. We appeal to the supreme judge. That's talking about God, by the way. That we are endowed by our creator. That's God, by the way that these rights are inalienable, that what God has given us, there is no other human being that has the right to deprive us of these very things because they were not given to us by human beings. They were given to us directly as individual human beings by Almighty God. 
That was the understanding of these men who wrote this document called the Declaration of Independence. And by the way, if they could have picked a more foolish time to adopt the Declaration of Independence, uh, they could have hardly found it. Uh, it was just before the Battle of Long Island. Does anybody remember the Battle of Long Island? It was fought in Brooklyn. They were building redoubts right here in Astoria, uh, trying to protect themselves from the British. Does anybody know what happened at the Battle of Long Island? Same thing that happened to the Mets last night. <laughs> they got clobbered. And I, I don't, and, and I don't mean to make light of it, but there was no contest in the battle. Some of the men fought bravely and brilliantly. But when you're outnumbered 10 to 1, it doesn't matter how brilliant or brave you might happen to be, you're going to eventually be dead. And uh, so there were many people who retreated. Does anyone here, how many people uh, other than my children I've told the story to know the story of what happened to the revolutionary soldiers captured in the Battle of Long Island and then in the battle for uh, Kipps Bay right across the Hell's Gate on Manhattan Island and then there was another battle on the upper part of the island and then another battle in White Plains and then another battle in Fort Lee and then another battle at Fort Washington it was all British absolutely zero Americans the battle started in August and went the whole way through November and they literally chased George Washington and what was left of the Continental Army the whole way to the Pennsylvania line. That's what happened. He read this declaration to his troops just a few weeks before the Battle of Long Island began. The British fleet was amassing down here at the Verrazano's Narrows at the very same time the American soldiers heard this document read to them for the first time. Amazing, isn't it? They said, we recognize a supreme authority that is none other than God. Now, what they were really saying is we refuse to recognize the divine right of kings, meaning that God had instilled certain people with the authority to rule over others. By the way, that's still alive in American politics, except they just refuse to name him as God. They, they, they believe by their own divine right they're, that they're God and they have the right to rule and reign. We're going to get to the Bible here in a minute. But they made a recognition that had never been made in human history. That was the equality and the brotherhood of all men. Now, let me tell you something. In history, there is one thing that stands above everything else in all history, and that is man's uh, uh, inhuman behavior toward other men. Does that 
describe it fairly well. I mean, we don't need to go into detail about all of the horrible things that mankind has done to mankind. In fact, we had people come to America and they were coming for religious freedom and as soon as they got it, they began to oppress others who weren't of their own religion. And by the way, we Baptists got it from every degree because everybody hated us. Yet where did the framers of this Constitution get this crazy notion that all men were created equal? Uh, there's only one place, my friend. It's this book called the Bible. Uh, by the way, where did they learn about the authority of God and His existence and who He is and the fact that He's supreme above everything? I, I, they found it in this book called the Bible. And, and they decided that they'd rather have this God reigning over them than that fellow that sat on the throne in England. Now, you've got to be careful. There are people running around today saying we need to overthrow the government. Just look at what else they do. You'll find they're vile and they're corrupt and they're very, very wicked people. You see, they refuse to believe in the equity and the brotherhood of all mankind. Almost every one of these militia groups in America today are some kind of supremacist group whether they're white supremacists or black supremacists or Muslim supremacists or whatever, I mean, they all believe that their group is better than everybody else. You only get this equality idea from this book called the Bible. And then, here comes the hard part. They recognize God and His supreme authority. They recognize the equality and the brotherhood of all men. And by the way, we're not going to take time to apologize that those few men in the year 1776 didn't get it perfectly right in every instance, all right? I don't think they need an apology for what took another 80, 90 years to solve through the Civil War and a few other years to solve through other things. Listen. They recognized themselves as a people and they chose to pursue and to protect these freedoms. Slavery was not an option. And you have to understand, you cannot go back and read 1776 history with a 2006 understanding of what's going on because it won't make sense to you, my friend. You've got to read what these people said and what they experienced in their lifetimes. Let me tell you a story of what happened to some of those soldiers and then we'll get to, over to the Bible. They were captured right over here. Well just on Long Island, by the way, we're on Long Island. The, the rest of it doesn't claim us anymore, but uh, uh, back then, this was all Long Island. And uh, what is now Kings County, the Gowanus Heights, you go over that bridge, was one where one of the battles were fought and an entire uh, division of American rebels were caught. They took a ship, several of them in fact, and they nailed all the ports shut. They cut off all the masts, and they anchored it right out here in New York Harbor. How many of you were hot today? 
Imagine being stuck in the basement of a ship with no air, no lights, no freedom to move, packed in many, many times tighter than we are right here and just left there. That's what happened to those soldiers. They would open the port every morning and they would say, throw out your dead. They would also say, if you put on a British uniform, you can be free. Some of the men, under the pressure and duress they found themselves, were willing to put on a British uniform and then desert. Most of those men had too much character, and they stayed there, and they died. There were two brothers in the hold of one of the prison ships. History doesn't even give us our name other than the fact that one of them pleaded with one of his British sentries. His brother was dying of disease. He said, could you give me a candle that I could at least watch my brother die? His request was denied. These were things that went on in 1776. These were some of the reasons why this document was drafted and some of the reasons why God smiled upon their efforts and granted freedom to this country called the United States of America. We have a lot to be thankful for. Do you know there are people in this room from all over the world We didn't have to put a gun at the door to get anybody in here tonight. All we had to say was free food and everybody came. And there are not many places in this world where we could heap up this kind of bounty and just sit and enjoy this kind of meal that we had tonight and the singing. And by the way, I'm enjoying the air conditioning tonight. How about you? We have so much given to us. And as I thought about these things, we celebrate this document called the Declaration of Independence. That's why we have the 4th of July. Now, I want you to open your Bibles to the book of James. These men were willing to pledge everything they were. And by the way, if you want something that will really really help you understand about this country. Study the lives of the men who signed the Declaration of Independence. There was very few of them that did not pay a supreme sacrifice just because they signed their name on a paper. But I want to challenge you tonight. We have been given that heritage. That heritage came to us from men who believed in God. The principles they wrote about came from this book called the Bible. And no, I can't find one verse that says, Thou shalt uh, write the Declaration of Independence. I'm sorry, it's not in here. But this book is full of the ideals that were in that document. 
And the men who wrote that document were full of what was in this book called the Bible. And we start in verse 18 of James chapter 1. Oh, let's read verse 17. It says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, for the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. This passage here describes the relationship the divine authority wants to have with you. Amen? It is His will that we be saved. God does not want one human being to pass from this life into eternal judgment, not one. God has never desired that one human being put in bondage and, 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 and suffering forever. Hell was designed for the devil and his angels. But we believe in freedom. And if you want to go there bad enough, we can't stop you. But let me tell you, we're going to do everything we can to make you so miserable that you'll want Jesus Christ and not the other thing. Amen? Accept the freedom that Jesus has. It is His will to, be, to give us life. He begat us of His will. Now, I'm not a Calvinist. I just proved that in the last statement. Amen? God will let you go to hell if you want to bad enough. But we have a responsibility to that God to obey His laws and His word. To recognize Him for who He is. He is God. Amen? Can you, the air conditioning is on. You've got to say it a little louder than that. I can't hear you. Let's try it again. He is God. Yeah. Now, that's better. I heard that. But He says if we're not doers of the Word, if we're only hearers of the Word... What we have is not real. What would have happened if the men who wrote the Declaration of Independence were hearers of the word and not doers? The Revolutionary War would have been over in about a week. And that would have been the end of this country and everything that has happened here. Listen. We cannot maintain what was given to us by our forefathers. And by the way, all you have to do to be an American is show up and want to be a part. Amen? That's all, those are the only requirements. In fact, we have some people who are Americans today that have shown up and they don't want to be a part, but they still claim the title. I mean, if they don't like it here that bad, it's a free country. Amen? Some of those movie stars and all of that, 
if they hate this country that bad, I'll, hey, we'll take up an offering and we'll send you to China. Amen? Not Taiwan, by the way. It's free there. We'll send you to the other one. Uh, we'll send you back to Afghanistan. I I'll tell you, we have freedom here today. Amen? But we have a responsibility, not to those people in Washington, D.C., but to the God of heaven. The better servant I am of Jesus Christ, the more worthy I am of that title called American. Because the men that built this country were men who believed in this book called the Bible. Now we get to that next point, the equality and brotherhood of all mankind. And guess what? Look at verse chapter 2, verse 1 of chapter 2. It says, My brethren, have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. Did you get that? With respect of persons. Aren't you glad we don't have to esteem people better than other people? I mean, Brother Floyd is here from Southwest Baptist Church. Surely we would have to kiss the ring if we were something other than Bible-believing Baptist. Amen? I mean, he's the head of the music department at Heartland. I mean, uh, that's, that's about as high as you go. But he's glad that he's not above anybody else. Amen? We're all the same. Somebody said, where's the world headquarters of your church? Uh, right there. That's my office. Amen? Well, wait a minute. You think an awful lot of yourself, don't you? No. Uh, because that, that's where everything stops, right there. And we have to have a meeting out here and talk to the head of our church. Amen? Because Christ is the head of the church. And if somebody else is, then Jesus isn't. It's just that simple. There's no respect of persons if you believe this book called the Bible. All we have to do is love one another and serve the Lord. By the way, we're quite an electric organization, aren't we? That's a nice way of saying we're a bunch of weirdos. They were all just stuck together. You know why? Because God's not a respecter of persons. You don't have to be rich. You don't have to be poor. You don't have to be anything except here. Amen? But I want to make a point here and we'll be done. We need to make a decision as those men that drafted that document all those years ago that we are going to pursue and protect those freedoms that were given to us by God. You say, how do we do that? Got a gospel track? Hand it out. That is a freedom that was given to us. You know, everybody screams, freedom of speech, freedom of speech. Well, exercise your freedom of speech. Pass out gospel tracts everywhere you go. Amen? And when somebody is especially obnoxious, make sure you offer them too. Amen? No, be careful. 
But you, you see one of those shirts going around that says, Dissent is patriotic. Make sure you give them a gospel track. At least offer them. Amen? It's good to torque off those people. Uh, listen, there's a lot of people out there that think. Remember Michael Moore? I mean Moore, uh, the guy that made that movie? He said, dude, where's my country? Praise God, this country never was his. Amen? Uh, there's more of us than there are of him. Still, praise God. But if we don't go out and win souls, we're losing the battle, my friend, when it comes to winning souls. You need to exercise that freedom. We need to pursue and protect those rights. By the way, if you're an American citizen and you did not vote, shame on you. You say, but there wasn't anybody worth voting for. Hey, vote for the best rat, all right? They may all be rats. They're all in the race, but find the best rat and vote for him. God will forgive you for voting for the best rat, okay? Even if he is a rat. Hey, obey the laws. If we as God's people believe that we have the right to scoff at the laws and the rules and the regulations of this nation, what right do we have to explain to others and expect others to obey our laws? That's part of being an American, amen? That's not very popular anymore. It was popular enough in 1776 for two men to freeze to death on their way to the Battle of Trenton. Those were the only American casualties. They froze to death on the march. Fell in the snow and rather than speak up and break the code of silence imposed by their officers, they simply froze to death on the march. They were too weak to go on. We need to get into this book called the Bible and start living. You know one of the most offensive things that I can do to this now and present sodomites right crowd is line up my family and just walk around the block? They can't stand that. They think I'm going to overpopulate the world all by myself. And I beg to differ. They've murdered 50 million babies in the abortion clinics. It's going to take a little while for 10 kids to catch up to that. Hey, exercise your rights as an American. Amen? Live the truths that are in these scriptures. Be honest. Be right. And preach about the supreme judge that the writers of the Declaration appealed to. Amen? Tell other people about the Creator who gives us the inalienable rights. And by the way, the pursuit of happiness is not what makes you laugh. You've got to look it up in a dictionary. The pursuit of happiness is what we would call today self-determination. That means you get to pick the kind of job you want. You get to go to the store and buy the clothes that you would like to buy. 
You can go to the restaurant and order the food that you would like to eat or the shopping center and buy what you want and cook it in your own apartment. That's the pursuit of happiness. They were not talking about having a boat at their palatial mansion in the, in the country because that's what would make me happy. By the way, the only way you're going to get that is to win the lottery. And if you do that, you're doing a whole lot of other rotten things and stealing from a lot of poor people and all of that kind of... Don't, don't mess with that. The true American dream is not a house in the country and a white picket fence. The dream of the men who wrote this document called the Declaration of Independence was to be free from tyranny to worship God and order their lives according to the scriptures. Not for some pervient, perverse, immoral behavior that was illegal when they want to be legal. Not for the legalization of marijuana and other illicit drugs and things. These men wanted freedom that they could be obedient to this book called the Bible. Something we take all for granted today. As we read through the book of James, go down chapter 2. Look at verse 17. It says, Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works. James' rebuke is, and I will show thee my faith, how? By my works. Skip down to verse 26. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. We live in a land where faith is dead today because there's nothing that follows up to it. There's nothing that it accomplishes in your life. Ask yourself the question, what has your faith in Jesus Christ accomplished this week? What would have happened in your life? What has happened in your life? Let's, let's, the last 30 days, what has happened in the last 30 days that if it were not for the faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, in the words of this book called the Bible, what has happened in your life that could not have happened except for the fact? if you have a living relationship with a living God? That's a scary question. I don't like asking that question because I don't like thinking about things like that. But if we're going to have the kind of faith that this Bible talks about, we've got to ask that question. And we've got to think about these things because there's an awful lot at stake today. The future of this nation is not dependent upon those people in Washington, D.C. It's dependent upon the people that are here tonight and in other churches across this country. That's what the future is dependent upon. Do you recognize... God as the supreme judge, the creator of the universe, the final authority of all that is right and wrong. 
are you willing to follow his laws? It says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. That's God's law. That's all you have to do to go to heaven. Amen? Then it changes your opinion about everybody else around you. Don't try to change your opinion of other people until you get changed by God first. Amen? Then you got to start living it. That's what faith is all about. It's believing God's word to the point things start happening in obedience to God's word. Not just things start happening, all right? It's got to be in accordance with the word. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you this night. Lord, we thank you that we're assembled here together. Lord, I pray that you would work in hearts and minds. Lord, that you would give us an understanding of who you are in your sovereignty. Lord, that you would let us take your love and your person to the world in which we live. And Lord, that we would not be willing to sit by in some type of dead, in the church house only type of Christianity. But we would be willing to show this world in which we live how great you are and how real you are in our life each day. We ask that we would let you have your will and way in each life during this time of invitation. Before we finish praying, let's just keep our heads bowed for a moment. And maybe I could ask Brother Joe to come to the piano if he just maybe play only trust him. Because that's really what it's all about, is only trusting the Lord Jesus Christ.